This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Campground, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. We thank you today for being with us through this podcast from Ocean Lakes Family Campground in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. The title of the message for today is How God Tests Faith. Have you ever felt that your test was, your, your faith was being tested in some way? Or perhaps this morning as we look together at this subject, we will be able to come up with some answers of how God does test our faith. If you happen to have your Bible nearby and can turn with me to some passages, I want to invite you to open your Bible with me to the 11th chapter of Hebrews. I wish we had the luxury of time to enable us to look in detail at this entire 11th chapter. But for our purposes this morning, I've singled out some selected verses for our consideration. So let's begin reading with verse 8. Hebrews 11, verse 8. And I'll tell you as I read the verses that, that claim our attention for today. The first one, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. That's it. Abraham went out, not knowing where he was going. This is the first and the simplest test of faith. Abraham knew who called him, and he knew that he ought to obey but the future for him was entirely unknown. When God spoke to Abraham, he gave up his previous associations, habits, plans, and surroundings. There may be some who think that you can relate to Abraham's feelings here. I'm afraid most of us are a bit different though. Most of us probably live a rather cautious life, a life which is based on the principle of safety first. When we do that, there's not much adventure to life. In order to go where God calls us to go, in order to be what God calls us to be, in order to do what God calls us to do, all this requires a willingness to adventure. If your faith does not involve some risks, then perhaps it is not truly faith. If you can see every step of the way, you don't need any faith. Someone has said that faith is walking to the edge of all the light you have and then taking one more step. But the beauty of the matter is that this last step is not a foolhardy act. It is not daring without judgment. It is rather taking that step into the will of God where God has called you to go. Sometimes God calls us into paths wherein we're not able to see very clearly each step, but we know that it is the right way because we're following the voice of God. We do not know what a day may bring forth. The future we do not know, but we do know who holds the future. When Admiral Perry explored frozen wastes of an uncharted land, there was nothing but ice and snow. And he spoke once of having a rope 
by which he ventured forth from his headquarters. This rope gave him assurance that he could get back. This is like our faith. We venture out into the unknown, but we know that we always have a strong tie back to God through our faith in him who will never let us go. Ira Stanfield wrote these words. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine for its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry over the future for I know when, what Jesus said and today I'll walk beside him for he knows what is ahead. I don't know about tomorrow. <clears throat> it may bring me poverty, but the one who feeds the sparrow is the one who stands by me. And the path that be my portion may be through flame or flood, or flood, but his presence goes before me and I'm covered with his blood. <clears throat> Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow and I know who holds my hand. The first test of faith that Abraham experienced was the test of the unknown. But there's a second test, and that's what I call the test of delay. Look with me at verse 9 of Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country. Abraham eventually did come to know the land which God had promised to him, but this knowledge did not come at the same time God called him to go. <clears throat> and so Abraham sojourned, the Bible says. He wandered about in this land of promise, although he never fully possessed it. He was like a stranger, a tent dweller with Isaac and Jacob. Most of us would probably have given up and gone back home. Let me ask you, have you ever faced the test of delay? Oh, haven't we all? Here's a faithful wife who loves her husband dearly, but he has gone away from God's will. She prays for him fervently, but he shows no sign of coming back to the right way. So what does she do during the time of delay? Some may be tempted to give up, and many do. Or maybe it is a loving parent whose heart is broken by a wayward child. You've prayed for your child for so long, but no answer has come yet. There's no reconciliation as of yet. You know what the test of delay is all about. Perhaps there's a difficult situation you're facing right now. You've asked for God to solve that, but you see no response whatsoever from God. Everything is the same or worse. You are going through the test of delay. I've read somewhere that it takes about eight minutes for light to reach us from the sun. There's no person who can know except by faith that the sun is still shining this very moment. You do know it was shining eight minutes ago, but you cannot really be sure that it's shining this very moment. But most of us have faith in the sun, however, 
because we've seen it so often and it has never failed. Why can we not have the same kind of faith in the one who created the Son? Even when God delays giving us the answer, yes, He does care, and He has promised that He is actively working in all things for our good if we love Him. There's a third test that Abraham faced, not just Abraham, but his wife also. This is the test of the impossible. Let me read from this same chapter, Hebrews 11, verses 11 and 12. <clears throat> Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age <clears throat> because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky and multitude and as the sands of the, which is by the seashore innumerable. And these two verses is a recounting of what happened to Abraham and Sarah regarding the birth of a son. Sarah did give birth to a child even in her old age. Abraham had been promised a son by her, but with each passing day, it must have seemed to him that this was one promise that God was not going to fulfill. Yet God led Abraham out under the stars, told him that his seed would be as many as the stars. He took him down by the ocean and told him that his descendants would be as the sands on the seashore, a multitude innumerable, couldn't count them all. And so after a long time, when it was clear that a son could come, not by human planning, but only by divine will and purpose of God, Isaac was born. The birth of this son was thought to be so impossible when he was born, and they named him Laughter. That's what the word Isaac literally means, laughter. Oh, how often do we spend our time putting limitations on the power of God. We can pass the test of the impossible when we become aware that faith enables us to lay hold on a divine strength which is made perfect in our weakness. God's grace is sufficient for all things. That which is humanly impossible becomes possible through Him. And this is not just, not just positive thinking either. It's rather believing that you can do something through the power of Christ living in you. There's a world of difference between a person who says, I can do it if I think I can, and on the other hand, one who says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The test of the impossible is a difficult test for us to endure. But as someone has so well said, only those who see the invisible can do the impossible. And finally, there's a fourth test. This is the, the test of apparent contradiction of God's will. Verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. There's a lot more in emotion in verse 17 there than just what appears on the surface. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. 
Remember, God had promised that in Isaac shall be thy seed. And now Abraham hears God's voice telling him to take the life of his son, Isaac, to offer him up as a sacrifice to God. Abraham could not understand, but he proceeded with what he felt God's will was for him. He believed that God would make it plain. And yes, God did make it plain. The point of this whole story, which is found in Genesis 22, verses 1 through 18, is that we must be ready to sacrifice that which is dearest to us for the sake of loyalty and obedience to God. Most of us are quite willing to make a sacrifice as long as it doesn't cause us any pain. We're like two little boys who marched into the office of a dentist one day. One of them said very boldly to the dentist, Doctor, I want you to pull a tooth and I don't want any medicine to deaden the pain. I want you just to pull it like it is. The dentist said, Well, that sounds like a mighty brave person who would ask that. Which tooth is it? The boy had been doing, who had been doing all the talking said, Show him your tooth, Albert. <laughs> There's another story of two children who had been given a toy, Noah's Ark, as a gift. They had been listening to some Old Testament stories in Sunday school, and so they decided to offer a sacrifice like Noah did when he got off the ark. So they examined all the toy animals they had in the ark, trying to decide the best one to offer as a sacrifice. Finally, they chose a sheep with a broken leg. The only thing they would offer was a broken toy that they could well do without. This is the way so many people think of sacrifice to God, but it was not Abraham's way. To him, there had come a command from God which he could in no way understand. To sacrifice the life of Isaac just did not make sense. But God made a way. When we come to face the test of obeying God, even when we do not understand His will, there's only one thing for us to do, that is surrender and obey. If we take God at His word and obey Him regardless, even when we cannot see the reasoning behind His command, we will eventually come to know that God will provide a way of escape for us. His will is always best. A.M. Overton expressed this conviction very beautifully in, in these words. My father's way may twist and turn. My heart may throb and ache. But in my soul I'm glad I know he maketh no mistake. My cherished plans may go astray, my hopes may fade away, but still I'll trust my Lord to lead, for He doth know the way. Though night be dark and it may seem that day will never break, I'll pin my faith, my all, in Him. He maketh no mistake. There's so much now I cannot see, my eyesight's far too dim. But come what may, I'll simply trust and leave it all to Him. For by and by, the mist will lift, and plain it all He'll make. Through all the way, though dark to me, He made not one mistake.
Now let's look briefly at one concluding question. Why does God allow us to go through these testing times? Wouldn't it be better if he didn't allow us to go through this? Oh, how painful these times of testing can be. Some of you who are listening to me now know that I don't watch television a whole lot. I watch a few fun programs, but I have seen some commercials on TV which show a car or a truck being driven over some of the most terrible road conditions you can imagine. Maybe it's over a mountain of huge rocks, or perhaps it is through ice and snow, may even be through a small stream. I've even seen some cars being driven through glass and upright nails. Why is this? Of course, the purpose is to convince the potential buyer of the durability of the product. But I think there's another purpose for which all this is done. New vehicles are tested for service. They are put through terrible conditions in testing in order to provide a stronger product for us to buy. God sometimes allows us to be tested, not to destroy us, but to make us stronger, better people. When through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie, my grace all-sufficient shall be thy supply. The flame shall not hurt thee. I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. That's what God says to us. God may be allowing you to be tested right now. Maybe you're going through the test of the unknown or the test of delay or the test of the impossible or even the test of the apparent contradiction of God's will. Whatever the test you're going through, put your faith in Jesus, trust in him, and he has promised to bring you through. Oh God, we pray that you will help us to put our faith in you and know that we can trust in Jesus just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, and to know, thus saith the Lord. This we pray in his wonderful name. Amen.